Hello there, and welcome to The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so excited to have you with me today. You know, I don't know if it's a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, or a Saturday um, that you're listening to this, but whatever day it is, I am so happy that this day, the day the Lord has made, is the day that you decided to join me to take time to listen to this podcast and to get some good downloads from heaven. And that is what we're believing for as we jump into um, today's episode. But I always want to take a moment because I don't take it for granted. And I always want to thank the listeners that continue to tune in, that share our podcast, that um, respond to the podcast, that rate it, that Um, repeat, listen to it, that absorb it, that take it in, and that benefit from it. I'm I'm so thankful for for this platform, and I'm thankful for you. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so happy to have you with me. I pray that you will stay with us. And you know what? If you are new and you are just tuning in, then you have some catching up to do. And you can do it at your own leisure, at your own pace, because the episodes are available for you to download and for you to just go back and um, just, you know, use them as your studies. You know, you can incorporate them into your Bible studies, your quiet times, whatever, you know, works for you and your schedule when you're in the car. Uh, but definitely take advantage of these of these teachings and of these messages. And with that being said, I am excited to dive in right away to today's episode. This is episode 18. And we started last time around in episode 17 with a new series. And we're on an intentional living series. Because if there's anything that we need now, in the busiest of times, in the most chaotic of times, it's to be intentional. Intentional about what we're doing. Intentional about who we are and who we want to be as we continue to grow and evolve in this life. Intentional about who we spend our time with, what we spend our time on, how we think, what we say, you know, how we take care of ourselves, how we nurture our relationships, what we're doing, you know, maybe on the business and career um, landscape. All of that requires intentionality, and I believe God is calling us to really start being intentional, to really start prioritizing this way of thinking, this way of existing. And as the Bible says, not just going through our lives aimless, you know, with no aim or purpose in sight. The Bible tells us not to do that. It tells us that we should be intentional. We should be purposeful in what we do and how we live. And so we started down this journey and we kicked it off last time around. And if you have not had a chance to listen to episode 17, you must listen. I'm not just saying this because I recorded it and I taught it, but there is some really good stuff there. And we talked, we talked about very briefly, um, just to set that we talked about finding the pause button and embracing the pause. And there was so much that came out of that benefits that come from that. Um, you know, some lessons that I learned uh, along the way that I was candid about in ways God has kind of, you know, arrested my thinking at different times to make sure that I was intentional about how I was living and moving and, and the pace of my life and, and, you know, how to really benefit and live an abundant life and live the good life. So I'm not calling it the good life for no reason. That is what we are after. That is what Jesus promised. That's what he, he vowed to us in John 10, 10, he says, I've come that you might have life 
And not just any old life, not just getting up, going to bed, waking up, walking around, eating, sleeping, drinking, doing it all over again, rinse and repeat, but abundant life, life to the full till it overflows. Glory be to God. And so intentional living, I believe, as God has started to minister this to me, to minister it to you, is going to definitely be key in this time and in these last days. So we're going to go for today with our new episode, episode 18, talking about the topic of be still and know. Be still and know. And if you have your Bibles, um, please go ahead and turn them to Psalm 46. We're going to start off in Psalm 46. We're going to start off in the word of God and feel free to take notes. If you want to go grab a notebook, a pen, um, to jot some things down. Uh, if you're not in a position to either read your Bible, make notes, no worries. You can always come back and listen. So be safe. If you're driving in particular, whatever you're doing, um, it'll be here for you when you're in that position. But if you are able to real time kind of follow along with me, then I encourage you to do that. And we're going to pick up in Psalm 46, Psalms 46 and verse 10. And in verse 10, the Lord is speaking here and he says to us, be still and know And what is it that he wants us to know? Okay, Lord, I hear you. You're telling me to be still. And you said, by being still, I'm going to know something. And then he says, know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. And I will be honored throughout the world. Now, right before this verse, if you kind of go back up to the very beginning of the psalm, You know, he's declaring who he is and we start to see his power unfolding. We start to see, you know, how he moves and and, and, and he even starts to talk about the fact that the world is in chaos and kingdoms are crumbling, but God is not absent. God is not far off. He's right there in the midst of it. He is the fortress that we can depend on. When everything around us seems to be collapsing, when the world is spinning on its head, when the economy is faltering, you know, when mass violence is breaking out, natural disasters, whatever that might look like, God is not far off. He is not somewhere with his head under the covers. No, he is right here present with us. And not only is he with us, he is our fortress. He is our refuge. But he gave us some insight into how we're going to be able to tap into that and how we're going to actually be able to experience that. And he gave us this verse in this in this wisdom right after proclaiming all of that. And this it was this. Be still. And know that I am God. You're not God. You can't fix all the things that happen in this world or that even happen in your own little lives. But I can I'm your refuge. I'm your fortress. But now it's going to take you getting in position to recognize it, to receive it, to have it be so real to you that the things that are happening in and around you fail and pale in comparison as I manifest my power and my glory on your behalf. And if I were writing this, 
if I had pinned this, the psalmist did a great job, but I think I would have made a slight tweak. And I would have said, be still so that you may know that I am God. But the takeaway is still the same. He is telling us to be still and know. First and foremost, that he is God. Because the Bible teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. So you really don't know anything before. If you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're in the dark. You're in the dark. Facts, as they say, big facts. So you've got to first and foremost acknowledge him as God. And the Bible says a fool says in his heart there is no God. So those people that live and act as if there is no God, as if there is no justice, no reckoning, you know, no intrinsic, eternal right and wrong. And let's get real up or down. They're fools. They're living as fools. They're behaving as fools. And you don't want to follow that pattern. You don't want to mimic that. You don't want to embrace that. You want to shun it. So once you have done that crucial acknowledgement, receiving acceptance of God, of Jesus as the son of God, the lamb of God who died to take away the sins of all mankind. Then you're in a position to know any and everything else that you need to know about life. But that's step one. That's home base. So you can't get to first base, second base, third base, and hit a home run until you first get up to the plate to bat. So that's basically our batting position. That's our starting position. Knowing him and who he is to us and what his power in our lives represents and can do on our behalf. And he says the entryway is not in your always busy, never slowing down, always got something top of mind going, something cooking on the stove all the time, quote unquote. But it's really picking up from where we left off last time in the intentionality of being still. Because it takes intention to be still. You're on the go until you decide not to be on the go. From the time your feet hit the ground in the morning, and even possibly even before you even get out of bed, there is motion, whether it's in your thoughts, whether it's in your fingers, maybe you're on your phone texting away or strolling away on social media, whatever that looks like, checking email. But we are pretty much creatures of motion until we decide not to be, until we decide to recline to rest, to slow down, to stop, to pause, to be still. And there are benefits, glory be to God, all of the benefits that you could imagine, the things that we've already started to talk about, clarity, energy, wisdom, passion, See, I know it sounds like those are things that you get when you're constantly go, go, go. And to some degree, yes. And yes, you stoke the fire and and you give it more momentum. But the strength 
and the overall oomph doesn't come in the busyness. The Bible says God didn't speak in the whirlwind. He wasn't in that. He was in the still small voice. And so with us, he's saying, this is what I want you to do. Yes, things are chaotic. Yes, you know, crazy stuff might be breaking out all around. And even in your own personal life, you may encounter things that throw you off that that really can impact you and, and try to take you out, so to speak. Whether it's an illness or a financial situation or a family matter, you know, a career um, scenario. There are a myriad of things that come against us or that have the potential to come against us in our lives that challenge us that are going to be hard. Jesus said it. You know, being a believer, being a Christian, having faith does not inoculate us from problems and from trouble. Oh, if it were, that's why God gave us faith. That's why he gave us the blood of Jesus. That's why he, we have ministering angels. That's why we have the word in the name of Jesus so that we can remain victorious even as those things come against us because we've already been given the victory through Christ Jesus. And in fact, the word of God says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So no matter how you slice it, we win. Glory to God. We win when things are going great and we win when things are going not so great because we know what that is subject to change. It's temporary and it's only a matter of time before God's word is fully manifested and what he promised rests securely in our laps, so to speak. But we don't want to put the cart before the horse. We want to embrace the fact that God has given us a reprieve. God has said, it's okay to be still. You're not going to miss out on anything. You know, there's, there's that FOMO that people talk about, the fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. And it can be real, you know, especially if we're prone to kind of letting our eyes wander on what other people are doing on their plate when we really should not be doing that because the Bible says it's unwise to compare yourselves among yourselves. What are you doing? Didn't call you to do that. Not wise. So if you do have a fear of missing out, then you might be very resistant to slowing down, to pausing, to being still because, oh, I got to go. I got to, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Oh, I saw that. I, I got to keep up with them and I've got to make sure I'm doing that. Oh, they're over there. Oh, I've got to be there. You know, no, you've got to be and do what God is saying to you for your life, beloved. And I'm talking to you as much as I'm talking, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. We, we all have the same temptations. The Bible said there's no temptation that has come upon you. That's not common to man. Meaning if you've ever dealt with it or faced it, somebody somewhere, you may not know them. The people you know may not know them. They may not have even lived in this generation, but someone somewhere at some time in history has dealt with the exact same thing. So that should give you comfort that if they can overcome, you can overcome. Hallelujah. But what we want to do as we are tempted to be constantly busy, constantly 
you know, on to the next, so to speak, is we want to start to recognize it for what it is. And we want to be intentional about taking authority over that and saying, no, I refuse to live my life, you know, in this straggly, raggedy, stretched, harried pace all the time. Now, there may be moments, there may be seasons even where, you know, it's full throttle and God will let you know what you need to do. But more often than not, that is the rule versus the exception. And what I want to do is I want to get you to flip it. And God wants us to flip it. So it is not the rule. But being intentional about our lives, being intentional about our pace, being intentional about making sure we're taking the time we need to pause and to be still. Does that mean you lie in bed all day? Absolutely not. Don't get any funny ideas now. You got work tomorrow. You better be there. But what it does mean is we can slow it down and we can intentionally say, you know what? Today I choose to spend time with God. Today I choose to have quality time with my family. Today I choose to get the proper rest. Today I choose to read and nourish my mind. Today I choose to build on that passion that God has placed within me, the gifts and callings he's given to me to bless me and to serve mankind. I choose, I choose, I choose. It's intentional. It's the gift of choice. It's the gift of purpose. Not being pulled along and dragged by whatever life throws your way. Oh, what ball am I juggling today? What am I going to catch today? You never know what life's going to bring. No, you don't wait for life to happen to you. You happen on life. You set your will and you start by decreeing and declaring with your words what your day will be, what your week will be, what your month will be, what your year will be. If you go back, as long as I, as, as I have been kind of doing a New Year message and, and, and on social media, which is at this point all the way back to what, 2010, 2011, I have always decreed and declared, and even before it was public for me to share on a YouTube or a Facebook or Instagram or Twitter for my personal life. I was doing it and I will never stop. But I always declare that the year I'm in right now, it's my best year yet. I will always declare that. I don't care what is happening, what hasn't happened, what I'm still believing God for, what I'm waiting to manifest how I feel or don't feel, it is going to be declared and decreed and believed to be my best year yet. What am I doing? I am being intentional about how I want to live. Because I believe good can get gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. And you say, oh girl, I had the best year last year. I got promoted. I met my boo and my bae and we're engaged. We're getting married. I got pregnant. My husband and I were trying to get pregnant or, you know, I, I got a promotion on the job or I bought a new home or I bought some real estate. I, I made some money in the stock market, whatever that looks like to you. I got healed from this terminal disease. My children are doing well. They're flourishing. Whatever that looks like. God wants you to have it. He's not against it. He is the one that authored being blessed. He's the one. It's his idea. It's not our idea. We're not that smart. 
<laughs> it's God. I, it's God's idea. The good life, the abundant life. Uh, no, it's God's idea, darling. So it's his will for you. You don't have to convince him. He doesn't need convincing to be good to you. It's his predisposition. He's predisposed to be good to you. To do you good, to make you happy, to show you his favor, to smile on you, to be gracious unto you, to help you, to lift you. He says, I am your glory and the lifter of your head. I'm the one who lifts your head high. When the world tells you you should be holding your head down, how dare you? You dog, you good for nothing, this or that. God says, no, dear heart, I am your glory. I am your shield. I am the one who lifts your head high. It ain't nothing nobody can do about it. I added that. Hallelujah. So we want to be intentional. Intentional about how we think. You know, I meet people, and I'm sure you've done the same, that they could absolutely drain the anointing off the paint on the wall. Because every single thing they say is negative. As soon as you say something, they will come in with the worst case scenario. And you know what I do? Lovingly, I cut that off. Because I don't have time. I can't afford. I don't use I can't afford in my vocabulary except for things that are toxic and have no place and will never have a place in my life. When it comes to financial things and things I aspire to, you'll never catch me saying I can't afford it because <clears throat> I don't believe that. And I want to make room for God to bring whatever it is into my life as he sees fit, no matter what I personally think I can or can't afford. So I never going to limit God or myself, quite frankly. But when it comes to mental spiritual contamination, emotional, absolutely. That's something I can't afford because I've got too much on the line. I've got too much that I'm trusting God for. And I don't want to be contaminated with doubt and unbelief. So I'm intentional about how I think I'm intentional about my emotions. Most days. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm intentional about my words. And, and this doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. God knows that. He knows our frame. He knows that we are just of dust, the Bible says. That's why he gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit, who is an ever-present help, who helps us to pray as we ought to pray, who comforts us, who counsels us, who walks alongside us, who strengthens us, who advocates for us, who anoints us, who shows us things to come. Glory be to God. So we're not alone. That's what he said right here in Psalm 46. He says, you're not alone. I'm with you. I'm among you. I'm your fortress. So now be still and know. Not just head no. Oh, I know in my head I can spout it off. I can recite the scripture. But no, I know in my heart. When things are shaking all around, I can go within. And I know that I know in my knower that God is with me. That my God is whatever I need him to be when I call upon his name. That he will never leave me nor forsake me 
That's what you want to know. And you're not going to get that out there in the busy, hairy, rushed, aimless, being pulled by the, by the tail way of life. Instead, it's going to be astute, measured, intentional, purposeful, on purpose, for purpose, pausing, stillness, quiet, all these things flow together. Because typically when you're still, the inclination is also to be quiet. And so often, I'm, I'm sure the Lord is saying about me and, and, and many of you, will you just be quiet? <laughs> I, can, I can tell you something if you just hush. So funny. I have to tell you this story. I will never forget this. Um, and it doesn't really have to do with this, but it, 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 it's funny. I was in New York once and I was in Manhattan. I was in Midtown and I had had someone invite me up to Harlem to meet for dinner. And I was trying to get out of my hotel room. I was running a little late. So by the time I actually got out of the hotel and got in a taxi, you know, I'm like rushing and, you know, freaking out in myself because I'm like, okay, I'm already running late. And this taxi driver was just really aggravating me because he was driving, in my opinion, intentionally slow. Like all these other taxis were zooming by us. They're going through the lights and he managed to stop at every single traffic light. He would start slowing down way before the light was red. And I got so like just annoyed with him that I literally leaned up and you know how they had that little, that little, you know, slit there. So you can actually talk, um, between the front seat and the back seat. And I, and I leaned up through that and I said, can you drive faster? Can you drive faster? And he was like, I cannot go faster, ma'am. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I cannot go faster. The police, and you know, he's telling me why he can't go faster. And I'm just like, so, and I'm, I said, you see how, and I'm not, I did this. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily proud, but you know, I did it. I'll, I'll say, blame it on whatever the New York energy. But I said, you see how these other taxis are going and driving. That's what I want you to do. I want you to drive just like them. And about this time, I heard the Lord said, say to me, will you hush your mouth? Will you hush your mouth? See, I was saying to the driver, will you drive faster? Will you drive faster? I mean, just all up in his ear. And the Lord said to me, will you hush your mouth? Will you hush your mouth? Now, I know some of you might be saying, oh, God said that to you. Well, first of all, God's my dad. You know, he's my parent. He loves me. I'm his child. I'm his daughter. He was correcting me. Yes, he did. In my heart, I heard him say in my spirit, he spoke inside of me and he told me to be quiet. <laughs> Chill. Leave this man alone. Let him do his job. Um, but back to him wanting to tell us things and show us things. We're so much more positioned to hear from God, to perceive what he's saying as we read our Bibles as we come before him in prayer or in worship and praise, um, maybe, you know, in communing with other believers, we're so much more positioned to receive when we are at peace, we are rest, we are at rest. And that doesn't just mean sleep, but just a spirit of rest, a spirit of trust, a spirit of calm, a spirit of, okay, Lord, 
I know you've got me. Teach me, Lord. Speak, Lord. And that's why so often God speaks to us on our night bed because our spirits are finally settled enough where he can actually get something to us. And so you may get it in the middle of the night. You may wake up with these bright ideas or just a problem or something that's been kind of turning around that you couldn't quite figure out. And now all of a sudden now you've got the answer or you could be driving along in your car and you're just kind of quiet and God will point out something. He may show you a billboard. He may bring something to mind. He may have somebody say something to you and all of a sudden you recognize it as an answer to your prayer because God can speak in a myriad of ways. He can speak any way he chooses to speak. He actually spoke through a donkey one time. So there's no limit to how God will get to you what you need. But the question is, are we in a position to receive it and hear it and know him and know that it is him and recognize him and his moving in our lives? And many times we're not. And that's because we are not being intentional enough. And one of the prescriptions here is to be still and to know. See, being still and knowing go together. Always going around being busy. You're running on fumes. You're running on fumes. That's not the way to know. That's not the way to supernaturally know and grow. I mean, have you ever thought about instances where maybe you've misplaced something? I know for me, you know, if I've, if I've misplaced something or even if I can't remember something in a moment, I immediately, my, my default is to be still. I literally stop physically in my tracks. If I'm trying to leave my home and I can't remember where I placed my keys, I can't put my hands on my keys. I thought they were here, but they're not. I don't just keep rambling. I stop. And I acknowledge him in all my ways. And I say, Lord, where are my keys? You know where they are, Lord. Show me. What did I do with them, Lord? And then I'm, I'm still, and I just wait. And inevitably, it'll come to me. You say, well, how, how does it come to you? Well, typically for me, it comes to me as a thought. Like, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. Go check that drawer. Oh, oh yeah, I went up into my closet. Oh, yeah, I had on my jacket when I was working out, and they're probably in my jacket pocket. It comes like that, so it's very natural. It's, it's like he, he, he is one spirit with you. But it's him showing you things. It's him teaching you. It's him teaching you and showing you and leading you and helping you. It could, the same thing could happen when you meet someone. You don't want to just open your whole self up to somebody and you don't know anything about them. No, you want to be still. You want to be paying attention to what's happening inside. What am I getting? What signals am I getting? Am I getting good signals? Am I getting not so good signals? Those are the things that God wants to help us with. In other words, he wants to help us with everything. The Bible says he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So if it pertains to your life, you're getting up, walking around, eating, sleeping, drinking, going to bed, life. God cares and he wants in. And inevitably God answers me. Doesn't typically take long because I'm now positioned to hear and there have been times when I actually have kept moving and I'm still saying, Lord, where is it? Where is it, Lord? But I'm steadily pulling drawers out and I'm doing this or the other. And then it finally comes to me, girl, be still. And no sooner than I stop. 
and I get quiet. He tells me. He shows me. He reveals it. You know what that is? That's supernatural. That's a word of knowledge. So often we're flowing in the gifts of the spirit. We're receiving supernatural downloads from heaven that we don't even recognize. Because it's just a natural part of our being and how we move. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 20, that times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. It says there's fullness of joy in God's presence and pleasures forevermore in his right hand. So being still, acknowledging God, allowing him to reveal to us who he is in his fullness and wherever and whatever situation, circumstance, place, physical or figurative that we find ourselves in life. Oh my gosh. It is such a powerful way to live. It is such an abundant way to live because we are tapping into the divine himself. And I'm not talking about the universe, by the way. I'm talking about the God of the universe because there is a difference. God does not equal the universe and the universe does not equal God. God is supreme and superior to the universe. So I'm talking about the divine, meaning God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I just say that because I, I know sometimes people use those terms interchangeably. And maybe I'll do a, a teaching on that at some point just to really make sure you understand. But I, I want to sow that seed that it's God that you're praying to. It's the Heavenly Father. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. It's not the universe. God created the universe. He put the universe in universe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you want to do. That's who you want to be acknowledging and praying to and thanking and worshiping. You know, but it says that times of refreshing come in his presence. And we see examples of this throughout the scripture. We talked about it a little bit last time about how Jesus was intentional about being still and getting away alone with God and taking those moments of quiet with him. You know, when I first got born again, one of my good friends who was kind of like a spiritual mentor to me um, and very influential in my, you know, my excitement about God and my walk with God as I started to walk with the Lord, she used to always talk about having quiet time with God. So when I finally got born again, my senior year, I was like, oh, I'm going to have quiet time. And do you know that was one of the greatest things I could have ever latched onto as a newborn believer is having quiet time with God. Just stealing away with him. Maybe I'm listening to a teaching or a podcast like this. Maybe I'm reading my Bible. Maybe I'm praying. Maybe I'm putting on some praise and worship music or not even putting it on, but just singing from my heart as I cook or as I clean my home or as I plan my day. You know, maybe it's me taking a walk and just being quiet and just hearing from God or, or tossing some ideas up about something to God. You know, God has given me ideas about so many things, just me and him when I'm walking, you know, I, I might be planning something and, I, and I'm like, okay, now I need to fit these pieces together. And I toss it to God. And then he starts to toss it back. Glory to God, because ultimately it's a dialogue, not a monologue. So that doesn't mean that you get with God and then you talk, 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 talk. You know, it's kind of like he told me that day in the taxi. Can you hush your mouth? 
Um, I'm sure he'll say it a lot sweeter to you. But it's about giving him opportunity to speak. And even if you don't, quote unquote, hear anything because you're not trying to hear voices. The Bible says there are many voices and they're all and none of them are without signification. In other words, they're all saying something. So the enemy is one of those voices and he'd love to say something to you to get you off track. So we're not talking about seeking voices. We're not talking about seeking any of that. We're talking about going before God, being still in his presence, acknowledging him and just sitting before him, just worshiping. Just quieting yourself, just lying on your bed and being quiet and seeing what happens, what comes up in your heart. Have a notebook and a pen there. You never know what may come to you. You never know what ideas and concepts and insights God may pour into you. You never know what answers or revelation may come. Light a candle, you know get you some tea, whatever that looks like. Create that space for you to be nourished from the inside out. And the more you do it, the more you will have a knowing that God is with me and he is for me. Therefore, who can be against me? You know, Mary, Mary and Martha, if you remember them, they were sisters and they had a brother named Lazarus who Jesus raised from the dead. So that Mary, because I know there were a lot of Marys and seemingly a lot of Marys in the New Testament. But that Mary, she and Martha had invited Jesus over to their house and the disciples were with him. So, you know, it was a lot of people. It wasn't just, oh, Jesus, swing by. We'd love to have dinner with you. It was like, OK, it's Jesus and the posse. So, you know, that's going to be some work if you're trying to feed all these grown men. Um, but Jesus was not. Tripping. Jesus wasn't like, oh, you got to fix dinner or you got to do all this. He was coming to be in their midst, ultimately to, to minister to them and to bless them. And so he did what he always does. He starts teaching. And Mary caught on real quick. And she, the Bible says in the Amplified Translation in Luke 10, starting in chapter, excuse me, verse 38, they welcome him, welcome him in. And then by the next verse, the Bible says Mary seated herself at his feet. That's intentional living. She seated herself at his feet. And we'll look at this a bit more probably in, in, a, in a future teaching. But just very quickly, Martha, as we know, she didn't stop. She didn't slow down. She didn't pause. She didn't embrace the miracle that was in her midst because she was preoccupied. And how often have we missed possibly not to say God won't be gracious and bring it back around, but who wants to have to wait when it's right there in your midst? Lord, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss what you're doing. Help me to see, help me to know, help me to recognize and to perceive, wake me up, shake, shake me, get my attention, Lord, so that I can be in flow with you. So that I can be still and know that you are God. And Mary did it. And as a result, if you, if you recall, by the time the scenario happened with Lazarus, it wasn't Mary that was all up in arms and ran it, ran it, running up to Jesus and basically confronting him about where he had been and why didn't he get there sooner. All of that was Martha. 
because she had not done what was necessary to be rooted and grounded as deeply as she could have. And there's no shade on Martha. I mean, many of us, most of us probably operate out of the Martha flow more often than the Mary flow. And they're both necessary. Don't get me wrong. So it's not like ultimately Mary was intrinsically better than Martha. Both of those flows and those propensities are needed in life. It's a balance, remember. But Jesus made it clear that what Mary did was the more needful thing. And it gave her a it gave her a strength, an inner strength, so that when something as tragic as her brother dying happened, she somehow knew God was going to make it right. And ultimately, she was right. He did. And that's what we want to have. We want to have that assurance, that knowing that no matter what hell throws our way, our God is able and willing and faithful to perfect all that concerns us and to work out his plans for our life and to deliver us and to bless us and to restore us. Glory to God. So I want you to join me in being still intentionally taking time to be still making it a part of your life to be quiet to slow down to embrace the pause to be calm to sit before the Lord maybe in your shower maybe in your bath maybe on your drive to work maybe right before bed or right when you get up in the morning. Have that time. Have those moments of quiet and stillness where God can get things over to you. It's not the busy heart. It's not the crowded heart. It's not the rushed life that's going to get the gems, that's going to get the downloads, that's going to get the wisdom, that's going to get the knowing. That's going to come as we slow down, as we're intentional, as we're quiet, as we're still, as we're light, as we're free, glory to God, unencumbered. You could be playing with your children. You're free. You're happy. You're light. And all of a sudden you get a thought. Maybe it's a correction. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's a reassurance that you need in that moment. Whatever it is, child of God, he's faithful. So I thank you for listening. I thank you, as always, for allowing me to share what God has given me with for you, to you. I ask you, as always, to do me a favor in return. And if this is blessing you, let me know. Leave a comment. Send me a message, a DM, a, an email. Share it with your friends. Rate it. Um, you know, help us continue to grow and get more present so that more people can know that we, we're around, that we're out here on the World Wide Web with resources to help minister to and bless your life. 
and continue to stay tuned. Uh, I will be back again soon with more in our intentional living series. And until then, God bless you.